Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Smoke on the Waterfront. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, I'm here with Austin, and our second guest of all time, Mr. Bart Tachi. Hello, Bart. Hello. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for doing this. How are you doing, Bart? I'm doing well. I've got a small sickness, but other than that, uh, things are looking up for me personally. So, uh, climbed out of a dark hole recently. <laughs> <laughs> are you just? Are you splunking? Just, are, <laughs> yeah, have you been exactly. splunking? I was cave diving. Yeah. Are yeah. you just saying that you're doing well because you want this podcast to be positive, or are you actually doing well? Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. Things are, things are good. Good. Do you want to explain to the listening audience how you know the hosts of this podcast? Yeah, I do. Tony, I met in college. We went to undergrad together, and Tony was on the improv team in college, and I was also, I joined the team a little bit later and I moved to Chicago after school and after living in Michigan for a little bit and uh, reconnected with Tony. We were roommates we were and then Austin flew on the scene like a rocket ship and Austin was in the friend group and then so that's how I know Austin. Austin, uh, in just a few words, how would you say that you are, are like a rocket ship? Hmm. Just a few key I'm, features I, of your, I'm of tall. your phys- you are Yeah, exactly. So physically, you're, you're very, you're rocket-ish. Yeah, I that's kind of... I can sprint short distances and then I kind of just drift. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that part. Yeah. And I contain several unique and talented personalities. <laughs> Within within my shell, there's a word for that. <laughs> <laughs> you also occasionally, uh, in order to drop dead weight, you'll occasionally just drop off parts of your body as you're flying through the air. Oh yeah, my supplemental, right. my food bags, <laughs> which is a little disconcerting if you're not ready for it. But it's one of my favorite it's things funny. about you. It's funny uh, doing this. Guys, because there's it feels like there's a there's pressure to be funny, you know, when and I know we're I, I love I love talking to you both, but I can't I can't separate that from thinking that people are going to hear this and be like, well, what's what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> who, are these, who are these assholes and why do they think they deserve an hour of my time? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, along with that comes the pressure of um, me feeling that I, this, this needs to go much better than last week with Lauren because I know her. And, um, and boy, do I want this to be, to be a better one than with her. Right. It would, be nice, it would be nice to defeat her in some way. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like she always wins. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's time to chalk one in the win column for old Barty. Yeah, yeah. Been uh, down so long, those dark <laughs> holes. <laughs> You've climbed out, but this would be the, the pinnacle. This would yeah. be cresting the peak. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you could, if it, you could plant, if you could plant your flag on on Mount Podcast. Yeah. If you guys wouldn't mind just shooting her a message once we're done here and just saying how how well it went. Sure. With with me. Yeah. Relative to her in particular. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm still harboring a little bit of um, her husband and I played hockey together, and um, he was a freshman. And I was a senior, and I was the captain, and it was uh, tryouts, and and we're skating, and he absolutely demolished me. So I, I would say I'm harboring a little bit of a, a little bit of <laughs> animosity. You've got a lot of you've got a lot of angles by which you want to destroy Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that, <laughs> Tony. Tony Bart just said the word harboring. Um, I don't know if you want to jump on that I or do. if we should just, oh, good, just wait okay, a good I sh- Shut up, Austin. That was genius. Everybody shut up. <laughs> Everybody shut up. I have a transition to make. You guys, the theme of this week is water. And Bart just said harbor. Boom. Boom. So perfect. Boom. Can I tell you guys why I wanted to make the theme water? Yeah. Water covers over 75% of the Earth's surface. And we haven't talked about it even once on this podcast. Yeah, we've talked about all the other major elements. Yeah. Water's never made an appearance. It's Earth crazy. has come up. Fire has come up. Wind. We, talk, we spend 90% of our time talking about wind. You know, I listen to some of your podcasts, and I, I'm still convinced that this is just an opportunity for you guys to make puns. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not, not that. You just said well. That's a pun. That's a that's a callback to our last episode. It's, it, it's both a pun and a callback, but Bart doesn't know that because he hasn't listened to it because it's not public yet. But there, that'll be a well reference. So the the first category in in the wild world of water is uh, is water songs, and you know Bart, for people who don't know you. Yeah. Um, the pretty much the number one thing that people need to know about Brad Tachi is is that he knows the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot like the back of his hand, and it's one of my favorite things about you. And so I just want to put some of your talents on display. And Bart, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read some lines from the song, and I want you to finish finish the lines. Do you think you can do that, Bart? Uh, yeah. I th- Hopefully, hopefully. Okay. <clears throat> and if you can't, just just uh, just make something up. Just okay. make it funny, man. It sounds. <laughs> we don't care if you get the answer right. Just just don't mess this up for us. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Make try to make good comedy out of it. The lines of the song sound fake anyway, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Ready. The ship was the pride of the American side coming back from some mill in Wisconsin. As big freighters go, it was bigger than most. With a crew and good captain well-seasoned. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so we've, we've, definitely hit on, we've definitely hit on your area of expertise. Yep, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Next line. Does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? The searches all say they'd have made Whitefish Bay... If they just put 15 more miles behind her. Oh, oh. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. It's incredible. Guys, did you know that uh, in Whitefish Bay, on Whitefish Point, there is a shipwreck museum devoted to all things shipwreck on the Great Lakes? So it has, you know, a list and it has little replicas. There's a big Lego replica of the Edmunds Fitzgerald. But when they went to, to curate the soundtrack for this museum, I think they could only find one song. <laughs> and, and so you're in there and... You know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald is like a, what, eight minute long song anyway, Bart? Yeah, six and a half. Six and a half. So you well, never yeah, really. It depends, you, you know, it depends on how long Bart can keep the, our attention. <laughs> <laughs> so you can never really tell what it's starting over or if it's just another verse. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you spent 45 minutes in here and you, you know the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald just by osmosis without even That's reading so about it. Yeah. It's so true. Like, I know trivia questions about the Edmund Fitzgerald from that song. So, how many how many people died on the Edmund Fitzgerald? Yeah, it's the rhyme is, the church bell chimed when it rang 29 times ah. for each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. I'm impressed. Yeah. You know what the deadliest, I always thought that was the deadliest wreck in Great Lakes, but the deadliest, do you guys know where that happened? Uh, no. So this might be a little bit of a stretch, but it was actually in Chicago on the Chicago River. Oh yeah, barely. Yeah, have, yeah, I have heard that, but I guess it's a canal. So it it does that mean it's still part of the lake? I'd buy that. I take that. That's that's what was told to me. So I mean, it counts on a technicality. It's like Antarctica being the world's biggest desert. It's like, I mean, technically, <laughs> yes, it meets the definition. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but are you are you willing to be a dick about it? Right. That's what it is. <laughs> Let's like, just say yeah. Gordon Lightfoot hasn't written any songs about the stupid passenger ship that tipped over in the Chicago River. Yeah, yeah. And it Which was one a it? Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if you want the I don't know if you want the the quick story of how yeah, it happened. Give us the story, but don't be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, give it to us, but I <laughs> This, this, this I'm going to be mad the whole time. I'm going to be sitting over here stewing. It's such a dumb story. <laughs> so these um, they over they overloaded this boat. It was a ferry, and it was kind of touring. It, it hadn't even – it was like just undocked. So they loaded it up, and, um, and there's like 800 people on board. And along the street – this mule is is walking and the mule they overloaded the cart and the mule went flying up in the air you, can you imagine this it's comical yeah yep so everybody on the boat rushes over to see this hilarious thing that had happened which was a little bit of foreshadowing if you think about it right yeah a loss of balance in both cases yeah <laughs> yeah well austin spoiler alert would you Sorry. would you let bart tell the story <laughs> Oh, sorry. This is kind of I didn't Bart's know what the big for- moment in the sun here. I just guessed the foreshadowing. You Were you what? talking like it got sunk by a mule? Was that the foreshadowing? No. <laughs> so a whole bunch of mules jumped onto <laughs> the boat um, and killed every everyone by force. <laughs> the boat uh, didn't even, it wasn't even really a shipwreck. It was more of a, a mule attack. It was a mule attack. The Great Mule Massacre of eighteen seventy, right. and the great the Great Mule Massacre makes it sound like mules were massacred, but in fact it was the mules who were doing the massacring. 
<laughs> so what happened was everybody rushed to one side of the boat. The boat started tipping. So everyone rushed back to the other side and the boat flips and traps people under it. And oh. a ton of people died. And, and even though it was like, like they probably could have swam four feet and been touching brick of, of this, like the side of the canal, you know, man, four yeah. feet, four feet further. Yeah. They could have, they could have made it to whitefish. Yep. <laughs> yep. If they put four more feet behind them. Do you think the guys that designed the Edmund Fitzgerald were more sad about the boat than, uh, than the people who died on it? Yeah, honestly. It, so oh, shoot, there goes all that work. So to have an entire long song dedicated to it, you would think that more than 29 people had died because 29 right. is sad. But it, 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 it barely even qualifies for dozens. Like it's barely more than dozens. Right, but it's uh, – it's it's the hubris that that gives it the weight, right? It's like why we talk about the Titanic. It was us being too confident in something that we had built and and watching it go down. It's a tragedy, Shakespearean. Yeah, it'd be more sad if more people died. I think. <laughs> I think it's interesting that song. They've got all these names for things like Gitchigumi and. Um, you know, well, just the one, <laughs> just the lake that they call Gitchigumi. It's just got the one name. Basically just that. <laughs> but they never like people. I think that, that it just kind of goes to this thing that Wisconsin, people just don't care that much for Wisconsin unless they're from there. And he just says coming back from some mill in Wisconsin. So he's just like, it's some mill. <laughs> some mill. <laughs> doesn't really matter, you know, whatever, it's Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, that's not the important part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, song, a song that is incredibly detailed. It's true. <laughs> Just incredibly detailed. And also a song that it would not have been that hard to tack on an extra yeah. couplet. Oh, yeah. To describe this mill down to the foreman. Yeah. And he just, yeah, some mill. I mean, big. and he says... At the end of the song, like this is just the difference in respect between Michigan and Wisconsin. At the end, he says, in a dusty old hall in Detroit. And it's like, okay, he names the city. Um, he, he describes the the place where this bell is, you know. I just, it's just, uh, it's classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic Big Ten rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if Wisconsin's in the Big Ten. Sorry. Sorry, sports fans. I think they're. I think it's now called the Big Twelve. Don't quote me on that. I think it's still called the Big Ten, but it has twelve schools. Is that right? It's like a Willis Tower sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. The logo. It's it. It's really dumb. It's the logo is like a ten, but it's it's called the Big Ten, but the logo is a twelve. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did we, did, excuse me. Did you want it to make sense or did you not want it to make sense? Because I want to answer the way that you want me to, but your voice didn't make it clear. Yeah, I think that um, I think that the logo speaks for itself <laughs> in, in its ambiguity. Okay. Sure, yeah. Sure. It's like saying it's like when somebody holds up five fingers and they say, I'll be there in two minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like, wait a minute. The next water song I want to talk about is is the Water Buffalo song, as sung by Larry the Cucumber in Silly Songs with Larry. Mm. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Yours is fast, but mine is slow. Oh, where'd they get them? I don't know. But everybody's got a water buffalo. Mm. Do you guys know what episode that was featured in? Took my buffalo to the store. I got to sing the whole song before I can... <laughs> I can recall that. Yeah. Um, we know this from Austin's, uh, t- from our time with Austin on the Timberwolves, where he would always sing <laughs> a complete song in order to get the exact right answer, but he always did it. Sometimes I'd have to walk to the bathroom. Yeah, plug. You'd uh, have to plug his ears so that he couldn't hear the background music in the bar. Yeah, sort of his Rain Man moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with David the the asparagus one. Where where he wait no where the little asparagus gets put in the uh, fiery furnace. Okay, when you now, Rack, now you're just now you're just yeah. throwing now you're just. That's Rack Rack Shack and Benny. Yeah. Um. Okay. Abandaboo. Yeah. Abandaboo. It, just call me Benny. <laughs> if I make quote Larry the cucumber. That's a pretty good Larry. Um. Yeah, it's definitely a classic one like that, Bart. Yes. Um. The title is "Where Is God When I'm s- Scared." Oh, it was David. That's the one with my favorite VeggieTales character, um, Frankencelery, mm. who uh, Junior Asparagus is learning about how, you know, people that play characters on TV aren't necessarily that character in real life, um, which is kind of a dumb lesson to teach kids on an animated show. <laughs> um, but... You know, Frankencelery, this horrifying, tall, gaunt creature, turns out to just be a nice guy from Toledo who sounds like Kermit the Frog. Here's a question. Um, Is celery a vegetable? And I warn you, I don't know what the answer is. Hmm. I don't... uh, I consider it a vegetable, but... I don't. I don't tip. I don't care. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Uh, yeah, it's a vegetable. It's like the. Well, is it's it like the, it's like a. It's, it's a stalk. It's a stalk, it's a stalk of a plant. Yeah. It's like yeah, rhubarb. It's like rhubarb. Mm, it is like rhubarb. And I would never. Call, I would never call rhubarb a vegetable. Never say never. <laughs> Ever. There's a, there's a VeggieTales wiki I discovered today. Yeah. As in, like, it wasn't enough to give VeggieTales a Wikipedia article. There's an entire wiki. It's VeggieTales.wikia.com or whatever. Today's featured wow. article was Bob the Tomato. So not only is there one of these, but you have it bookmarked. <laughs> <laughs> Daily. I, spend, I spend some time on it, yes. <laughs> and it's still actively updated. I mean, like, it was updated this morning. By you. By me. <laughs> <laughs> to mention this podcast. Who does this all the way at the bottom? Yeah. At, uh, at trivia, the, the trivia section that's on most wikis where it has like pop culture references. Larry the Cucumber was mentioned and <laughs> here's my number so call me Ishmael. Future, yeah, future cultural yeah. references. <laughs> you know, even that is a really is a really uh, the the title of this podcast is very apropos for water themed. Um, yeah, that was not even intentional. But good call. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't tell you how many times I've started to read Moby Dick. I, actually, I can four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder sometimes if books were just, if it was like you didn't have to be, like people had nothing to do, so they had more patience for that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like, oh, this is 900 pages, and we've got 120 of them dedicated to like, a, honestly, he just, he talks about like, here's the type of knot you would use, and this is the type of, and it's like, okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Edmund Fitzgerald of of <laughs> classic literature. What Gordon Lightfoot did to music, Herman Melville did to literature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. The second category in the world of water that we're going to talk about is mythological water gods. You guys know any mythological water gods? I just want to say Poseidon before people. Hey, that's uh, a good get. That's a good get. Good guess. I want to say uh, King Triton. Nice. I, is, is King Triton a god? <laughs> sounds like a king. It sounds, sounds like a king. He is a king. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Cthulhu. Yeah, an old god. Lives, lives underwater. Lives underwater. Sleeps underwater. Sleeps underwater. Dreams underwater. Yeah. If we want to get real. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no. Triton is totally a fucking god. Maybe not the maybe not the Triton from Little Mermaid, but yeah, he is right. I trust you. He's like a sea messenger, Aquaman. Okay, god of the sea. Yep, Marvel god of the sea. Nope, DC god of the sea. Oh no, god of the DC. Could we say that? <laughs> oh yes. Um, yes. Um, you're back. You're back. You're back in our podcast now, Austin. Don't tell me I'm back because Triton's a god. Look it up. I know he is. Eh. Uh, the Inca god of water uh, was a god by the name of Paricia, which I shouldn't have said with a Spanish accent because they didn't speak Spanish when this god was worshipped. But uh, apparently this god sent a flood to kill humans who didn't respect him. Hmm. Uh, steal from the Bible much? Yeah. I was looking up Triton. Oh, you're looking up Triton. What's uh, what? What's what are the facts on Triton? Well, here we go. It's a mythological Greek god, the messenger of the sea. He's the son of Poseidon and uh, Amphitrite. Okay. That might god be, that might and be, goddess of the sea. Uh, Amph- Amphitrite, maybe. Amphitrite. Um. The next trivia question is uh, how many apples, how many golden apples what, would it take for you to sell your family? What, what, uh, how much are each, how much are each worth? Wait, how did this come about with water? Well, let me just answer the question first and then I'll tell you. Okay. How many apple? how many apples? How many golden apples would it take for you to sell your family? None. I don't do that, Tony. I'm not a none. I, none apples. So you get you'd sell no. your family for free. Well, okay. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like how, you, am I, how am I going to get out of this? One? <laughs> How's old Barty going to get out of this one? Put me right in the corner. The the reason this comes up is because the Irish god of the sea, Manan Manan Manan. 
Menomina. Menomina. Managed to buy uh, the King Cormac McArts family for nine <laughs> golden apples, which I thought was kind of a deal. Was that before or after he wrote There Will Be Blood? <laughs> um, uh, now, I assume you mean Blood Meridian and you're trying to reference Cormac McCarthy. No. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, I was thinking No Country for Old Men. That's the same okay. amount of words, but I had blood on the brain. Sure. Not also, literally. Those movies came out the same year. Yeah. Man. Did they really? I think so. There will be blood in No Country for Old Men. I think they came out. Yeah. Didn't we mention that at trivia on Monday? I think we did. When we were looking up Oscar winners. Yeah, we said it was a good year for films. Yeah. Manaman, Irish God of the Sea. He, yeah, he managed to buy King Cormac McCart's family for nine golden apples. And then the king was taught a lesson and then got his wife and kids back. So it's, oh, nice. it's a little redemption story. Good for him. I wish our God was like that. <laughs> we should taught more lessons. Yeah. <laughs> um, wish there were more apples involved. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough fruit in the Bible, especially not, not near the beginning. Right. So it's just the one apple. It's just the one. Yeah. The Finnish God of water, lakes, and seas. Is uh, <clears throat> Vel Velamo Velamo Venmo? Would you call me? <laughs> it's spelled V E L L A M O. How would you? How would you? Do you speak? Does either one of you speak Finnish? Velamo. Velamo. Okay. It's a vela. Okay. It's so, a vela. So, so Finnish is very similar to Italian. Then it's Italian. Okay. No, all I know is that I've got a some of my. Um, I was I was in Australia and I was I became friends with a guy from Finland and there's a hockey player named Timu Salani and everyone in the states calls him Timu Salani and I was like oh yeah Timu Salani and he goes Timu Salani <laughs> and I was like wow I've been saying that wrong forever Salani Timu Salam Demu salami. Bada bing, bada boom, salami. Yeah, yeah. He's a spicy hockey player. Um, yeah, Velamo. She is tall and beautiful. Respected by fishermen. She can control the winds and help sailors. Mm. Do you guys ever, do you ever have a, the dream of getting onto a ship? And just going and just getting getting out of town and just going on a boat uh, and being a deckhand. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I sort of imagine, Bart, that that's why, why you've moved to Boston is to sort of live out your fantasy of having a fantasy of wanting to be at sea. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I get closer every day. Um, there's, there is something. Okay, so there's something called the King Tide. Do you guys know this? The King Tide. Yeah. Tell me more. It's it's so in Boston, this has happened multiple times this year actually, where it's it's like high tide, but king size. Interesting. King size. So the water comes up higher and higher 
and it was like covering some sidewalks on piers. Wow. wow. The King Tide sounds like a period in a water polo game. <laughs> uh, the final category we're going to talk about is shark movies. And I, I, I went hunting for shark movies that came out before Jaws. Because yep. Jaws is sort of the be-all and end-all of shark movies. Um, yep. But I found a movie that came out in 1936 called White Death. Ooh. Sounds like that could be any number of things. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds a little... I, I guess a little the, yeah, the word I'm going to use is racial. Maybe not racist, but racial, yeah. it sounds yeah. like. It sounds charged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's just about a, it's, it's about a guy who, who goes off the coast of Australia and, and tries to catch a shack, to <laughs> use some of the native parlance. Yeah, desperately, desperately trying to catch a shack. Yeah, he's, he's the white death. Which well, I was Australian. It's appropriate because they're ostensibly more great whites in Australia than in Boston. Yeah. I would think. Oh yeah. When I was in Perth, Australia, it was like another death today from great whites. In, except it was another death today from great whites. We lost another one. <laughs> we, lost, we, we lost another one of our countrymen. <laughs> My favorite thing to do. Um, my favorite thing to do right now, not right now, whatever, two years ago was to make fun of James. So James, James's dad, who you guys know, is Australian and he has a very subtle accent. Very subtle. Yeah. It's like one out of every 40 words you can detect that he's Australian. Exactly. So I love love to just be like, oh, James, you see the Patriots guy much. So you should do that with Julia. I should, <laughs> except Julia. yours is yours is so good. I I oh, can't. Wait. Oh no! no, no. Hey, Bart, shut up. We want it. we got to hear Austin's Australian accent. Nope. Yes, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, give me give me something to say. I'll try. I'll try my best. Just give me a phrase. Say I've got a lemon lime drink in my hand. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lemon lime oh, drink okay. in my in. No, I just want to no, say in do, my you hand. You got to do the whole thing. <clears throat> I've got a lemon lime drink in my hand. That's okay. pretty good, actually. Not terrible. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, the the film. What were we talking? What's this category? Oh, uh, short yeah. Movies. Um, okay. The film uh, received very negative reviews. Um, the critic from the Sydney Morning Herald described the movie as a rambling and rather ramshackle film. The script is almost as bare, almost bare of dramatic action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was an Australian newspaper, so it's all written in Australian. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the. Tr- thanks for translating it. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's called White. Death. White I'm going to look death. it up. It's called White, White death. death Reviews. I want to read some of these in an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we have a new activity. <laughs> <laughs> a new segment. 
<laughs> okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> it came out in 1936. There's a couple other White Death movies, but you got to find the one that came out in 1936. Yep. Um, I'm going to read the IMDb review in an Australian accent. <clears throat> okay. 40 years before Jaws, the Australian film industry <laughs> produced White Death. Filmed off Hayman Island on the Great Barrier Reef, well-known American writer and big game fisherman Zane Gray agreed to star in the sea-soaked adventure. The film looks a little creaky today, but is well worth watching for Gray's starring role, the Jaws-type storyline, and the beautiful locales, though in black and white. <laughs> I wish I had read before that that this is a 10-star review, because 10-star reviews are less exciting to read than one-star reviews. <laughs> that was incredible. That was incredible. Ooh, there's another one called Great White Death. Okay, well, let's read those in an Australian accent then, huh? Okay, Gene Lebel's documentary Great White Death offers much information about Great White Shark, one of the most feared creatures in the ocean. Hosted by Glenn Ford, the program includes facts and various aspects of a shark's life, as well as recreations, pardon me, <laughs> recreations... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Australian word. It's, it's pronounced recreations. Is it recreations? <laughs> recreations of incidences where sharks have attacked humans. It's on DVD, November 22nd, 2011. Okay. Uh, I found a review of it on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. Uh <laughs> This one, this one uh, didn't use the standard IMDb 10-star system and decided to just write in uh, two and a half stars out of four directly in the oh, review. No. Which is probably why only one out of two people found the review helpful. Uh, this, this is a review for Great White Death, the 1981 film. Legendary actor Glenn Ford had a rather unique and unexpected 1981 as he appeared for some reason in the slasher film Happy Birthday to Me. Now, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried. I may have started a review that has nothing to do with the film that we're talking about. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Uh, and he also did narration for this film. Ah, oh, there we go. A documentary on the ocean. You'll notice that I am reading this without any pauses because the punctuation in this review is rather limited. The best moments in the film are when we actually get to see the sharks in action, and this includes many scenes where people are in a cage and the shark comes up to them. Ford does a pretty good job with his hosting and narrating duties, even though this was probably just a few hours of work for the actor. <laughs> that review that review was brought to you by Michael Elliott in Louisville, Kentucky, which makes me regret reading it in an Australian accent instead of a Kentucky accent. <laughs> Can you read that last sentence once more? I got uh, such a kick out of that. Sure. Ford does read it in a Kentucky good... accent, though. Oh, um, uh, Ford. Uh, shoot, this <laughs> is going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to awesome. be hard to transition. <laughs> Ford does a pretty good job with his hosting and narrating duties, even though this was probably just a few hours of work for the actor. <laughs> How was that transition? Do you think I transitioned into the <laughs> southern United States? I was, I was trying to make it subtle it. because Kentucky's not like a super deep South accent. Yeah, right, and Kentucky kind of sometimes has that nice, that nice. Uh, you know, the horse races are more the the drawling. Oh, you know what? That's true. Whiskey. I forgot. I, typically, when I start my Kentucky accent, I always started off the horse whinny, and I forgot to do that this time. <laughs> so let me read that sentence again, leading it off with the horse whinny. Yeah, we'll cut out. <laughs> Ford does a pretty good job with his hosting and narrating duties, even though this was probably just a few hours of work for the actor. 
Wow. How'd that taste? I love the idea of, of saying that. Like, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, he was probably only on set like two out of the 10 day shooting schedule, but I guess he did good with what he had. <laughs> he didn't work hard, but boy, he, he was fine. Up. Boy, he showed up. Um, Here's another one Blue Water, White Death. <laughs> <laughs> Again with the white death. It's just it's a weird phrase. Cacarondon Cacias. What a great name. What a terrible beauty God gave this creature. No other being on the planet glides with the symmetry of the shack. Great white variety or otherwise. The nine months it took to shoot this documentary was groundbreaking back in nineteen sixty nine or seventy. I'll just stop there. <laughs> Honestly, it goes on for way too long. No. Uh, there's an episode of Magnum P.I. called Mr. White Death. A professional wrestler from the mainland asked Magnum <laughs> to find his son. <laughs> uh, we got 7.99 stars out of 10, so that's not too bad. Um, this is called White Death by Ted Bill. <laughs> Alexander Hawk, number 8.5. Alex Hawk is tracking one of the world's most powerful villains high in the Swiss Alps. A powerful Swiss banker is found dead, frozen at the base of a soaring alp, when a second man, head of a rival banking empire, <laughs> is found dead inside a mountain cave. M16, MI, <laughs> MI6. No, 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 that, that's the Australian word for it, Bart. That's right. M16, a, a massive assault rifle, suspects a bizarre conspiracy. How, might you ask, can a gun have a conspiracy? And, a how, and, how, did a shark, and how did a shark get in a mountain? <laughs> Dark NATO. That's the answer. Uh, there's a movie that came out in 1981 – an Italian movie called Great White. In Italian, it's called The Last Shark or Le Ultimo Squalo. <laughs> and uh, I, will, I, will, I will now uh, be reading the description of that movie in uh, a Italian accent. So if you'll give me a moment, <laughs> I will just be digging up that movie. What's it called? The Last Shark? Uh, it's called Great White, and in, in Italian, it's called The Last Shark. Um, so I will just be reading the storyline to that movie in an Italian accent. An enormous and angry 35 a great white shark takes revenge on humans and when they build a beach just for swimmers by a coastal town. After several shark attacks and the mayor does nothing to stop it, a James Francis <coughs> and Vic Amaro sail in a pursuit to stop it. So, uh, you're... So we would do these – we would always do accents for Bane in the apartment. <laughs> and Tony, Tony would always do – so we, there's this line where he goes, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> By the time you came into the light, it was merely blinding. And it's like super terrifying. And Tony goes, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I came to the light. It was really blinding. Really blinding. <laughs> it sounded like, like a, a, a plump Augustus. A, yeah, a basically group. Augustus Gloop. Yeah. Is, is that the, is that the, um, he sounded like a gay pig from, uh, <laughs> the, one of the gay German Shrek. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was born in the dark. <laughs> yeah, 
that all of my European accents take on a very effeminate form. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. The tagline for uh, The Last Shark slash L'Ultimo Squalo is Your What's for Dinner. Oh. <laughs> Um, you know what I want to do, Tony and uh, Austin is read is read this great white film review. Uh, It's it's Italian, but I want to read it. I want to read the Italian in an Australian accent. (laughs) Uh, I just (laughs) not quite sure. It's hard to get in that headspace, isn't it? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, you know what? It's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not I coming. Wanna, I, I Austin, clicked the wrong Austin, thing. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any accents you want to try out? No, but I was going to ask. Do you guys ever? Uh, you get so fluent in an accent. This happens to me all the time. You ever wake up and find yourself actually dreaming in a Australian accent, Italian. Oh, I wish. You know, like you you study it, you learn it. Um, and you just find yourself kind of just everything you, you're thinking in Australian Italian, you're dreaming in Australian Italian, you slip up and say things in Australian Italian. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Language is a crazy thing. Words, man. Words, words, man. Um, this, this movie, the last shark, by the way, slash the great white, um, it, the plot was such a ripoff of jaws that, uh, the, uh, the studio that made jaws, was able universal pictures that is uh was was able to uh stop they sued the the company that made this movie um and stopped it from coming out in the u.s so we are probably the first time anyone in the u.s is is hearing of this movie l'ultimo squalo l'ultimo squalo go ahead okay so this is italian in an Australian accent. This is this is an Australian interpreting Italian. Go ahead. An Australian interpreting an Italian. Uh, Pochiani. <laughs> <the distance. laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. Don't make me laugh. I'm not gonna make you laugh. Apociani di distanza del lo squalo di, di Steven Spielberg arriva limincibili risposta italiana la dirige e di castellari regista molto apprezzato del pubblico and amante Dean Certo. Okay. All right. Man, that's really hard. <laughs> I'm impressed that you even did it. There's there's another Italian movie called Night of the Sharks, or in Italian, La Notte degli Squali. Nice. Which came out you know a couple what? years later. Shark sounds like such a freaking menacing name. Squali or Squalo <laughs> sounds like, Okay. That's you why know? so many Italians are killed by sharks every year. It's because they just don't fear them. 
They're like, where is it? Oh, it's a squallow. It's just, it's just a squally. Yeah. It's a little guy. <laughs> Squalito. It's just a little. <laughs> Squalito. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody, I, I was in this um, stand-up stand-up group and this guy is really funny and he was like you know we keep naming these hurricanes after people like hurricane katrina or hurricane edna or and he's like these people are just my aunt's names it's like maybe we should name them something terrifying so that people are actually afraid of them (laughs) hurricane death or something i don't know but it was it was very it was very funny. He's Hurricane Hurricane Horseman of the Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane John Wayne Gacy Jr. <laughs> oh, 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 Hurricane Clown. <laughs> Hurricane Tight Dark Spaces. Just things that people are scared of. Right. Yeah. Deep water. Hurricane Heights. Yeah. Deep water. <laughs> hurricane lightning you just add other weather into it <laughs> hurricane tornado <laughs> that sounds like a sci-fi original movie is what that sounds like yeah, yeah. hurricane earthquake coming to you <laughs> this fall. what is Guys. that it's a hurricane bringing an earthquake <laughs> rest in a tornado it's like a it's like a menu item at hardy's <laughs> yeah yeah a taco like, wrapped in a burger <laughs> on a bed of spaghetti <laughs> riding in a blizzard <laughs> i think we just rewrote the plot of the movie uh what's that movie called the last day on earth or whatever it was called or what was that movie oh called? 500 days of summer <laughs> The day of the earth, uh, no, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal and the snow and the ice and the, the waves. Tomorrow never, tomorrow never 20, dies. 2012? The day after tomorrow. Yes. That's it. We just rewrote the plot of the day after tomorrow. And Dennis Quaid, right? Dennis DQ. Quaid, yeah. Dennis Quaid is in, um, oh no, that's Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Oh, right. yeah, Dennis Quaid hey. is, in a do- is in A Dog's Purpose, though. Yeah, and a dog swims in water in that movie. Right. To some controversy. To some chagrin. Did you guys watch that? Did you watch that thing where he swims in water? Listen. And people uh, went nuts about listen, it. I don't I don't want to get political with this podcast. I don't want to I don't want to like I I don't want to lose our tax exempt status as a podcast. And bear in mind that Tony is a dog owner and a dog lover. I'm a dog owner and a dog lover. Honestly, okay. I think I think some of the reaction to that movie was overblown. Uh, wow, Tony. I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) I like everything right now. (laughs) Everything in the world is a little bit overblown. Everything is insane. (laughs) Everything's an emergency right now. Anyways, I'm sorry. Well, Tony, we just lost our our Petco sponsorship, (laughs) so I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth your little We lost our Petco sponsorship, and we lost our tax exempt status, so I hope... Bart, I hope it was worth it. Yep, it was. It was. Guys, did you know that the Latin word for, or the Italian word for shark comes from the Latin word squalis? Any guesses uh, as to what it means? Storm. 
Yeah, is it that's storm thought, like a like a that's squall? That's what I thought too, like a like a squall. But think of some other words that sound like squall. Squalor, like a mess. Squalor, like, Tony. Like a Dirty. native a Native American woman. Um, <laughs> uh, but with an L at the end, so it's a addressing a, when you address a group of of squaws, squall you say squall. Of, hey, squall. What's up, squall? Is it, really, like, is it really the same root word as squalor, though? Like a mess? It is. Man, it that's is. incredibly dirty, interesting. Dirty, filthy, foul, and impure. Wait, what? Uh, is, is the Latin word squalus. Wow. Dirty, filthy, foul, and impure. Wow. Um, and there's a whole... I guess the genus of sharks is uh, the family squalidae. Squalidae. Man, that's incredibly yeah. interesting. Well, they are kind of scavengers, right? Yeah, they're scavengers. They got those dead eyes. <laughs> black, black, black eyes. Like a doll's eyes. <laughs> you didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13 footer. You know how they know that in the water, Chief? You can tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear you busting out an accent, finally. Yeah. Oh, I, I no. know a lot of different parts of that speech. <laughs> Just a little bits committed to memory. Did you know that that guy was an alcoholic? In real the life? The actor? Yeah, in real life. No. And he he was he would get drunk before, like he was drunk on the set pretty much the whole time. And he did that, he said, because he wanted to get into character. Uh, he and Rich Richard Dreyfus, because Dreyfus is in that movie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They apparently hated each other. Really? Yeah. Which actually worked out pretty well for the movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely comes out in this thing of like this uh, this captain who is this sort of mythological figure. He's this. He does things the way he knows how to do them. He's got his his methods that are kind of unorthodox uh, versus this very uptight, hard science type of guy. Yeah. Who wants to do things very by the book. Yeah. They come up at odds against one another. Did, um, did, all right. Another question. Do you guys know where that was filmed? Uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yes. That's where it takes place, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, so did I just totally steal your thunder by answering that correctly? Nope, nope. I'm, uh, I am, I'm, I'm not shocked that you knew that, but I'm impressed. Do they, As, do they constantly keep somebody posted now at Martha's Vineyard, just keeping an eye out for sharks? They're like, they just have a sign that says, "It doesn't actually happen." <laughs> it's just a huge sign with, and it's just written in parentheses. Right. <laughs> it's not based on a true story. It's just a big sign. And in parentheses, it says, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bridge. Um, there's a bridge that the shark goes under and everybody jumps off that bridge. It's a, it's a very, I'm still, I'm still terrified every time I do it. I'm like, there's, where's the shark? Right. Um, so it, didn't, it doesn't help that I know in my head that, you know, cause I saw the movie. Right. And all it takes is one shark attack. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think that the first person that started the the jumping off that bridge trend was trying to kill himself and he was really disappointed that there was no shark underneath? 
Maybe. Although it's really, it's not very high at all. I guess, so you're saying he wanted to commit suicide by shark death? Yeah, by shark death. That's a terribly inefficient way to try to do it, I think. He was just trying to get the white death. (laughs) (laughs) The most noble way to die. Yeah. Coming this fall, chasing white death. (laughs) Four and a half stars out of four. (laughs) Yeah. One man's mission to commit himself to his own murder (laughs) by by jumping off a small bridge into a shallow pool of water in the hopes of maybe attracting a shack (laughs) that doesn't typically frequent those waters. (laughs) The the movie's a documentary film. (laughs) It's 40 hours long. The man had serious hypothermia at the end of it. Ironically, it didn't end up killing him. He ended up surviving. <laughs> he survived the hypothermia. There was no shark in the water. Totally harmless event. He lives on to tell the tale today. It's called He Regales He Regales Audiences in his new book, A Shark's Tale. <laughs> A great white shark's tail. <laughs> Parentheses. This really happened. <laughs> Forty hours of hell. <laughs> the the cover of the book is quite large to accommodate the whole title. And and it's also written in small typeface. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twelve point font. <laughs> Times New Roman. Oh, guys. Uh, I, I really have to go to the bathroom, so I, I think we've reached the point where we can uh, where we can call it a day. Oh, really? Uh, call okay. it a wash. Call it a wash, you <laughs> son of a bitch! Wow. Um, wow. Uh, but this was very fun, you guys. Yep. yep. A real treat. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, Thanks for having me on, guys. Did right. uh, thank you so much. You think this one went better than Lawrence? Um. Gosh, Daddy doesn't want to pick sides. Yeah, we can't play favorites. We love you both equally, son. That means hers was better. (laughs) Well, I'll try again later. Um, Before we say goodbye, we always, Bart, at the end of our episodes, say thank you to Jude Schuma for uh, for providing the theme music. And you've met Jude, right? You know Jude. I have. I have. I like Jude. Um, His music is fantastic. It is. You can also find it. Uh, on Ballers. Yes! Yes, the hit yeah. HBO series starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson Ballers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one of the um, many things, one of the many things that Austin and I share in common with Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the fact that we use, uh, we use music, music in our media. And um, dare we say that that our show is better than Ballers? I mean, HBO is great television, but... Bart, as the only person I know who has seen all of Ballers, uh, maybe you could weigh in. Well, the thing is that movies, TVs, uh, film in general is kind of dead. You know, (laughs) you're right. um, You guys are on the front, the forefront of the future. And so 
naturally yeah, entirely uh, audio based media uh, is is the way of the future. It's I, I don't even own a TV anymore. You know, right? Just an old ham radio. <laughs> Actually, my roommate's—it's my roommate's TV, um, but and it's quite large, and we watch it a lot. But, um, <laughs> but personally, you know, right. I don't. I do own a. I do own a, com- a computer that where I listen to you guys. Oh, <laughs> exclusively. Okay, good. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're here's my number. So call me Ishmael computer. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I uh, loved your our... I loved your plug for Jude when you said, "If you have any time at all to listen to music, you should be using all of that time to listen to." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. If you're listening, if you're listening to anyone else, you're wasting your time. Yeah, yeah. Once you've achieved perfection, you're wasting your time with anything else. Right, right. Uh, Bart, thank you again for joining us. Yep. Austin, thank yep. you. Everybody who's listening, thank you. And uh, goodbye. Ah!